0: I'm Michelle Martin. I am so looking forward to this great conversation with a former head honcho at Barclays Singapore, where she was a former chief operating officer. She's a leading figure in the banking world. One of the first few female chiefs in Singapore. We have a traditionally male dominated banking world. She was Barclays first female country head in Asia. Uh, she joined Barclays Singapore as Asia's head of tax in 2004. So coming up, we're going to look at how to maximize your budget and how look Looking at last year's tax bill could hold important clues for you to make even greater savings next year. Kwan Lili is uh, a trained was trained as a lawyer. She was a senior tax accountant at Ernst and Young in Singapore, and among her many hats, back in the 90s, she was part of PwC where she looked after a tax portfolio of more than 10 financial institutions. She joins us here on Money and Me, where we are on a mission to help everyone master their wealth. She is currently independent. Independent Director of Capital Capitaland China Retail Trust. Good morning, Lily. Morning, Michelle. Great to have you with us here in the studio. Okay, so today we're talking about smart budgeting and uh, ways that we can build stronger financial reserves. So I want to start with maybe if you have a real-life anecdote or a, an example that can really bring to life this need to approach budgeting
1: in an intelligent fashion. So I've actually coined a term to make it easy uh, for people to remember. So the term is Get Busy. B-U-S-I. Like that? Like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So BU stands for budget, S for savings, and I for invest. So basically, just get busy. Budget, just get busy. <laughs> save and invest.
0: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what a great acronym. Thank you. Love that. Is is there... A, Um,
1: An example, a real life example, maybe you can share about somebody who's walked to that busy road. Sure. I can share a couple, actually. Um, So I have an ex colleague let's call him M, who was like really, really religious about budgeting and saving and investing. M has a stay-at-home wife Mm -hmm. uh, and three girls and uh, came from a really poor family. Uh, But despite, you know, the sort of background, he has recently upgraded from a HDB in Sengkang to a 2,000-odd-square-foot penthouse condo in Sengkang. Wow. Yeah. So M is a fantastic example. And I also know of another person who, through diligent savings, budgeting and investment, now has more than $4 invested in REITs and shares. Let me pick my jaw up off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, busy is going to be the
0: new uh, pillars of money and me. Budget, save and invest, what a great acronym. But the thing is, how do you start developing an efficient basic savings strategy? Most of us just suck away, sweep away what we have left into a savings account.
1: Sure, yeah, I, I would say firstly, Start by identifying a goal. So most goals will actually help you to, you know, psychologically uh, motivate you towards doing something. So start by identifying a goal. It may be your goal to save for a house, for your kids' uni fees in future, or to save enough to get out of a job that you hate and retire early. Number one career complaint (laughs) in Singapore! (laughs) So, uh, secondly, draw up a budget. That means listing down all your income and expenses every month diligently. Mm. I mean, the first month's hard, but after that, you see that you know it sort of repeats itself mostly. Then review your expenses and differentiate between your wants and your needs, and identify the expenses that you can get rid of every month from the wants category. Um, and thirdly, most importantly, invest what you have saved. Don't just leave your money in a savings account in the bank that earns you like 0.05%. Oh. So basically, three steps to develop a savings strategy. First, have a goal, draw up a budget, stick to it and invest. Okay. We are a series
0: of compulsions. So I think differentiating between your wants and your needs, and then cutting down those wants is a very important point. I'm with Kwan Lili. She's independent director of Capital Land China Retail Trust. This is the second of a two part series called uh, How to Retire a Millionaire because it is possible, right, Lili?
1: Definitely. Even if we start in our 40s, you can start at whatever age. <laughs>
0: Better to start le- whenever. Yeah, it's better, better to, start, to start, somewhere. start late than never. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as women, I think most of us are going to outlive uh, our spouses. So, very important. Yeah. Especially for women. Definitely. Now, what do you mean by this statement? You should maximize your retirement savings. I was listening to our earlier show. You say maximize your retirement savings by paying yourself first each month. How important is that to you as a, as a principal?
1: Um, I think it's really important. A lot of the time, most people just like put the money that they get from their income in the bank and then they just, you know, spend without any budgeting and whatever is left, if there's any left at the end of the month, that's their savings. Paying yourself first basically means that instead of paying your expenses first and saving what's left over, you do exactly the opposite. So once you've drawn up a budget, and identify the amount that you can save every month, transfer that amount out to a separate account and start investing that amount. So choose, you know, an investment that may have a lower risk if you are starting out, uh, but that will give you a better return than just putting it in a bank deposit.
0: Okay. I have a question for you on how we can really
1: stretch our dollar within our monthly budget. Okay, Uh, you can stretch your dollar by going on an expense diet. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? That means try cutting down every category of expense by a little. So stop grabbing and start taking public transport. Dye your own hair instead of doing it in a salon. Um, Change to a SIM-only mobile plan. Minimize eating out. Try cooking at home. It's fun. It is. Yeah, um, you know there are many prepared sauces and in, in jars that you can buy from supermarkets. If you don't know how to cook, yes, for a start, uh, you can buy you know a pomfret from the market for like fourteen dollars versus like spending eighty dollars in a restaurant on a steamed pomfret. Uh, shop at places that offer the same quality but where you pay less. So, for example, Mm. a kilo of beef at cold storage storage or NTUC costs like 50 to 60 bucks. At Marine Terrace, it's like $11. Wow. Yeah. And it's fresh too. And it's fresh. Mm. Cancel your cable TV and your gym membership if you hardly use it anyway. Um, You know, or stop buying uh, for the... (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: I can't tell you I actually know someone Who saved a couple hundred every month Yes When she realised that You know she was spending that much on 4D She she used to do it with her eyes closed Mm. And then realised there was a couple of hundred saved Mm. Just by stopping the buying of 4D
1: Yeah So look at every expense category And go on an expense diet See which one you can cut Listen, there are ways that you can
0: make certain things at home. I make myself this fabulous coffee scrub, and it saved me so much in terms of going out and buying these really expensive scrubs for my skin. Fantastic. You must share the recipe. I will give you your own jar of dark chocolate and coffee scrub. I'm looking forward to that, Michelle. (laughs) <laughs> this is part two of a series. Part one was about how you can set yourself up so that you can retire a millionaire. We covered the ins and outs of that in our first episode. You can download it, Money and Me, Kwan Lili, and that first part should come down. Today, we're talking about how you can maximize your budget. How can you build a stronger financial reserve for yourself, for your future? Okay, Lily, we've got questions coming in from our listeners. Uh, first up, here's a question. Is there an app you can recommend to assist with budgeting or do you prefer to write down your expenses in a notebook?
1: Uh, Frankly, because it's your own budget, I would do it whichever way you're comfortable with. Uh, For a start, I think, you know, writing it down on a piece of paper might be good to help you solidify your experience and your thoughts. But if you're more comfortable doing it online, there are many budgeting apps out there. Uh, you can just Google budgeting apps, and uh, you can easily find the top ten which are there. For example, Expense Point, Web Expenses, mm. Raidu—all those rank really, really high. Um, I tell you what—I'll write an article on it in my blog. What a good idea! DollarSG.com, and you can check it out there.
0: Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. Good idea. It's about the discipline to keep updating it along the way. So technology can help. I have an app yep. um, that allows me to put in whatever it is I spend. I use it when I'm on vacation. It's set a daily budget and then I can see how I'm doing with my daily budget.
1: You're fantastic, Michelle. This is my app. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, there are people out there, though, who are struggling. They're really struggling. They have many, many debts to settle. And they want to still plan for financial security, but they are, you know, laden with that feeling. When when you don't have financial freedom, when you're not debt-free, it feels bad. It feels terrible. So what advice do you have to ensure that they can get out of debt and still enjoy financial security
1: later in life? I have a few suggestions, actually. Uh, Firstly, start by differentiating between good and bad debts. So good debts are those that help you to generate income or increase your personal net worth. Bad debts, on the other hand, are those where you are borrowing to buy a depreciating asset. So for example, uh, a bad debt is a car loan or a credit card loan where, you know, you've just spent money to buy bags or clothes. So those are bad debt. So if you are currently in debt, how can you manage it down? Firstly, try by paying down your most expensive debt first. Mm. So for example, if you've borrowed money from a money lender or Along, and these, you know, normally carry interest of 4% a month, or up to 48% a year, pay those first. Mm. Then, follow that by paying off your credit card bills, which normally carry interest rate of between 25 and 28% per year. And after that, pay off your car loans. Should you pay off your housing loan? Yes, if you are the sort who, you know, just don't want any debt in your books. However, I like to play the devil's advocate mm. and suggest that you don't pay off your housing loan, but instead leverage that to invest in higher yielding investment. So, what do I mean by that? Mm. So, for example, uh, your dear grandmother just passed away and left you 200,000 inheritance. And you're thinking, you know, should I pay off my HDB loan? With that, true two, hundred thousand, or should I invest? I would suggest you invest. Uh, the reasons because HDB loans generally carry a very low interest rate, say two percent or thereabouts. But you can easily find investment that yields more than two percent. For example, if you invest in a real estate investment trust that pays seven percent per annum. So if you choose to invest in that investment. That pays you seven percent versus paying off your HDB loan, you have effectively earned yourself ten thousand more per year. How does that work? You basically take seven percent yield mm-hmm. on your investment less the two percent interest that you pay on your HDB loan, so that's five percent difference in interest, and you multiply that by the two hundred thousand that you were thinking of either investing or paying off your loan. So there you have it. You've created another 10000 per year. Wow. Over 10 years, that's another 100000 Can you imagine how much that is over 30 years?
0: My mind can't take all this maths in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Those are happy figures though. Yes. Oh my goodness. And all from rethinking, should I pay off my housing loan or should I invest it in something that can guarantee me more than the 2% rate, I suppose. That would be a good benchmark, right?
1: Yes. Oh so, so do you want me to suggest other ways yes. to clear off the debt faster? Yes. Okay. A second way to clear off your debt is uh, by looking for ways to reduce your interest expense. So, for example, there are banks that are always giving up promotional rates if you transfer your loan there for a certain period. So, if you are stuck with a high interest rate loan, see whether you can transfer to a lower interest rate loan. Mm. But, of course, nothing beats trying to pay off those debts. Also, try to talk to your bank to negotiate, you know, whatever credit card debts you may have at a lower rate. Sometimes it works. Uh, And a third way to reduce your debt, is by selling anything you don't need in your possessions to raise cash, for example, on carousel and use the proceeds to pay off your debts or another way is to see whether there's a side gig that you can do to increase your income.
0: Yeah, everybody has a side hustle these days. <laughs> I started the bill talking about your incredible credentials in the tax world and people are anxiously looking forward to this part of the programme. So what are some commonly overlooked ways that we can fully use our tax deductions,
1: Lily? So I can think of at least three tax deductions which are normally overlooked. Uh, the first is Supplementary Retirement Contributions, SRS. So you can contribute up to 15300 a year. And get dollar for dollar deduction on these contributions. So, for example, if you contribute fifteen thousand to your SRS a year, and your marginal tax rate is twenty percent, your tax deduction is worth three thousand. So, it's basically fifteen thousand times your marginal rate twenty percent. That gives you three thousand. So, you've just created three thousand free money. If you contribute fifteen k at twenty percent too. SRS. Okay, so that's one way. Yeah, after contributing to your SRS, don't yep. just stop there. Because if you just leave your money in your SRS account and don't do anything, it just earns 0.05% and you just make the local banks richer. <laughs> so please use your SRS balance to invest in listed bonds, funds, ETFs, shares, REITs, for example. Okay, the second commonly overlooked tax deduction is for topping up CPF contributions of up to 7,000 for your parents, your in-laws, your grandparents or your grandparents-in-law. So instead of giving your mum 500 per month as a filial child, consider topping up 7,000 into her CPF. Your mum can then withdraw 500 from her CPF account every month and still spend the 500. Assuming you top up the 7,000 into your mom's CPF account and again your marginal tax rate is 20%, your tax deduction is worth 1,400. Oh, so wow. you've created 1,400 A A thousand wow. free money.
0: Wow!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shall we go to the third one? We should, yes. Okay. The third commonly overlooked tax deduction is for supporting dependents, for example, parents, parents-in-law, grandparents or grandparents-in-law who are at least 55 years old or oh. are disabled. So if they are disabled, it doesn't have to be 55. Okay. okay? And they must have annual income of less than 4000 per year. So most Singaporeans are really filial and they support their aged or disabled parents or grandparents. And the the good news is you can get a maximum of tax deduction for parent relief of $9,000 if your parent stays with you or $5,500 deduction if you don't stay with your parents. And the tax deduction goes up to $14,000 per year if they are handicapped and stay with you. Okay. Okay, so... There's quite a lot of free money that you can tap from the tax authority.
0: I think today <laughs> you helped me free $9,000, 10000 13000 you what? just
1: created for us. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me dinner, Michelle.
0: <laughs> for sure. I'll throw on as well. Lily, thank you so much for joining us. We're fresh out of time. This is Money and Me. Oh, we have a question from a listener. Can Lily advise on a good REIT that gives 7% returns in a year? I tell you what, I will send you to her blog and maybe she will write about that. Uh, what is what is your blog address? dollarsg.com dollarsg.com We're out of time. Thank you so much, listener, for WhatsApping us. Again, Lily, it's been a pleasure and a privilege.
1: Thank you for being on Money and Me. You're welcome, Michelle. All the best in your investing. Bye.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg